Chapter 16, Fall 1980, Age 25. Robert looked at each of the other men standing in front of him. Everybody do your job. We get the score. We're out of there. Nobody gets hurt, he said. It was an early fall morning, the sun still hiding below the eastern horizon. The six men stood inside the living room of one of Robert's friends, inspecting weapons and ensuring they had the necessary supplies. Like Robert, several of the guys were recreational drug users, but he wouldn't allow anyone to get high or drunk just before a heist. This was especially the case with this particular job, since it had the potential of being a very large score. About a month earlier, a friend of Robert's, who worked at the Lemon Tree Club, gave him inside information concerning a jewelry store in downtown Brooklyn. From that birthed the plan for an early morning robbery, just as all the employees arrived. The store was one of the larger jewelry stores and was sure to yield a good return. Once they were sure their equipment was in good working order and the supplies were loaded in a single bag, they loaded into three vehicles sitting outside his friend's house. They owned two of them and the other was stolen. They drove to a pre-designated area within a couple of blocks from the target and then all six men piled into the stolen vehicle and drove to the destination, parking the car just out of the sight of the jewelry store. All right, let's go. Robert was the first out of the car, exiting the front passenger seat. After everyone except the driver was out of the car, they entered the jewelry store one at a time, scanning the streets and neighboring businesses for potential problems. Three of the men went inside, posing as potential customers. The fourth stayed posted at the door. When all three were in position, they pulled out their weapons. Hands where I can see them now, Robert yelled to the one man and two women employees. All three were behind the same jewelry counter, eyes and mouth wide and hands in the air. Two of the robbers walked over to them and one nudged the man with his shotgun. Get to the safe, old man. Ladies, you two, move it. The three shuffled hurriedly to comply with the order while the other men smashed glass cases that contained the more expensive jewelry on display. Robert followed the others to the safe, handcuff and tape the two broads. Pops, I need you to show me the big stuff. The elderly man was shaking, but he didn't hesitate to lead Robert to the more valuable pieces of jewelry. Robert grabbed them and put them in his bag. Mail call. Robert turned around and saw one of the other men with his gun stuck in the ribs of a mailman, his mailbag still slung over his shoulder. He walked in on us. Tie him up with the rest. They left within a couple of minutes from the time they entered the place and sped off in the stolen car. After reaching their destination, they ditched the stolen car and climbed into the two other cars, traveling in separate directions to get back to Robert's friend's house. As they entered the house, the men were jubilant as they emptied their bags onto the dining table and tried on rings and admired diamond-encrusted brooches and pendants. Robert slipped a princess-cut engagement ring on his pinky and held it under the light of a nearby lamp. Look at that thing, he said, rotating his hand so the ring glimmered. Looks good on you, Robert, one of the guys said, but maybe you ought to give it to Cece. Robert studied the ring some more as he considered the suggestion. Even though his and Cece's relationship was shrouded in deception and lies, he cared for her. But marrying her? He thought about Nikki's words the first time he told him he was interested in Cece. She's not the type you take home to Mama. The memory broke the trance the ring had placed on him, and he slipped it into his pocket. So, Jamesy... Your guy can handle this sort of thing? Oh yeah, not a problem. He'll have it moved in no time. 
Three days later, Robert met back up with the other guys, bringing the cash he collected from the fence. They divided it evenly among the six of them, around 40000 each. The following day, he went over to Cece's house for supper. He had told Cece to make sure the whole family was there, including Brandy, Cece's young daughter from Tommy. In the middle of the meal, Robert started a conversation. Seems like winter's kind of coming early this year, he said, rubbing his hands together. Cece's father, Sal, looked up. Are you cold? Mrs. Ferrara started to get up. I can turn up the heat if you want. No, 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 it's fine in here. It's just kind of cold outside, don't you think? Sal shrugged as he forked a large morsel from his steak. Pretty normal New York weather, if you ask me. I'll bet you it's not like this in Florida. Cece, who was sitting to the left of Robert, slowly turned her head toward him and gave him a suspicious look. Oh no, Mrs. Ferrara said. It's always nice in Florida. It would be nice to be there right now, wouldn't it? Several yeahs echoed around the table. Or next week. Everybody looked at Robert, whose smile stretched to the point of discomfort. I bought me and Cece and Brandy plane tickets to Orlando. What? Cece said. We're going on vacation? To Disney World, he said, looking at Brandy. What do you think of that? Brandy smiled and clapped her hands. That's right. We're going to stay at the hotel there, right by Disney World. Brandy shook her fists in the air. I'm going to Disney World, she cheered. The temperatures were hovering in the lower 80s when Robert and Cece strolled down to the pool, where fellow sunbathers slathered tanning lotion onto their pale bodies. They claimed two lounge chairs with a table not far from the water's edge. Robert located a poolside waiter dressed in black slacks and a white jacket, lighting from table to table, and called him over. Two pina coladas. Yes, sir. Robert, I didn't want to drink right now, Cece said as the waiter walked away. Yes, you do, Robert said as he adjusted his lounge chair. No, I don't. Trust me, you do. I don't trust you, and I don't want to drink. Robert laughed. He lowered his sunglasses and looked at Cece. Don't make things more difficult than they have to be, okay? Cece shook her head as she applied tanning oil to her arms. Within a few minutes, the waiter returned with the drinks. Robert tipped him a 20. I told you I don't want that. I promise you, you do. He handed one of them to her. Here, take it. Reluctantly, Cece took it from Robert. He wouldn't let go. What, you order me a drink and then you won't give it to me? Look. Look at what? She looked around. Robert gave her drink a slight shake. Just look right in front of your face. As she looked at the glass, she saw the sparkle from the princess cut ring on Robert's pinky finger glisten in the bright Florida sun. Robert eased his grip on the drink as she took it and the ring from his finger. What's this? She said as she inspected it. What do you think it is? Try it on. Cece placed it on the ring finger of her right hand. That's nice, she said, holding her hand out in front of her. Robert sat on the edge of his chair for a long moment, waiting for more of a response from Cece. It never came. She reclined back in her lounge chair, her eyes hidden by sunglasses. Robert knew it was more than just the sun heating him up. He tried to keep his feelings inside, but the words of retaliation refused to stay harbored inside his chest. The force that propelled them exploded from deep in his stomach. That's nice? That's all you can say? 
CeCe leaned away from him as Robert rolled out a string of expletives for the next minute. The commotion created a spectacle that drew the attention of nearby beachcombers. When he paused in the middle of his rant, he noticed the dirty looks of the parents. Some had their hands over their child's ears. He wanted to curse the parents as well, but had no malice for the innocent kids. So he took a deep breath and sat back in his lounge chair. In a lowered voice, he said, I risk my life just so I can take trips with you, just so I can buy you things, so you can have a better life. And all you can say is, that's nice. He took a large gulp from his drink. I tell you what, Cece, you're a real piece of work.